I'm Joe Morgenstern, the film critic of the Wall Street Journal. Two years ago, the Spider-Man franchise was rebooted with a new actor in the spandex suit and goggles. Then, The Amazing Spider-Man defined amazement sharply downward. Spidey was still a brand, though, if not the stuff of sturdy tent poles, so there was a commercial argument to be made for The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Even bad movies can succeed in the international market where the appetite for action is insatiable. And how bad is this one? Amazingly bad. Spider-Man flies, but he flies dutifully without joy, and often without web juice or even webs, which show up willy-nilly. The current incumbent of the title role, Andrew Garfield, has an easy charm. As Peter Parker, in an exuberant mode, he says early in the movie, you know what it is I love about being Spider-Man? Everything. But Mark Webb's direction is so coarse and the production's tone is so variable that the Marvel hero soon comes off as a wise guy, then as bipolar at the very least. The film has a surfeit of tortured characters, and Spidey becomes one of them. Every time he flashes back to his childhood, he suffers mortally, though not as much as his old friend Harry Osborn, a.k.a. Green Goblin, who suffers hideously from retroviral hyperplasia, the Osborn family's curse. And Harry's suffering is kid stuff compared to Jamie Foxx's doomed Max Dillon, who's transformed into Spidey's adversary, Electro. He suffers amped-up agonies that Nikola Tesla never dreamed of. Electro's plight leads to the best sequence as well as the worst, and they're one and the same. He's a power junkie, so he goes to blindingly bright Times Square at night for a megawatt fix, and a battle with Spidey ensues. The visuals aren't just spectacular, they're eerily memorable. Electro's blue image fills every jumbotron in sight, yet the beauty of these digital effects is overwhelmed and our senses along with it by the hyperfrenetic pace and by the intensity of the audio surround which booms with Electro's paranoid ravings. The movie's curse is a head-banging gigantism that crushes any semblance of humanity. Peter's girlfriend, Gwen Stacy, has some semblances of semblances, but she's a special problem because she's played by Emma Stone, meaning that Emma Stone is so endearing and engaging and all sorts of good things that movie stars are supposed to be that she keeps tempting us to see her character as something more than the silly prop Gwen actually is. This vivacious young woman has something resembling a life, an outer life, in which she's about to be graduated from high school. Don't bother to do the math. The actress almost gets away with it. And she goes back and forth with Peter about whether they have a romantic future. But Gwen has little to do until, absurdly, she gets to save the day by resetting the city's electric grid. This franchise needs more than a reset. It's ripe for retirement. I'm Joe Morgenstern. I'll be back on KCRW next week with more reviews.